Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Jets fan. But if I read you the stat line, maybe it sounds good, right? 19 of 33, 210 passing yards for Zach Wilson, but then four interceptions. Four picks. Yeah, not so good. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I'm Shay Cornette filling in for Max Kellerman this morning. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for waking up with us on a Monday morning after a beautiful week two slate of NFL football. Okay, so uh, Zach Wilson throws four interceptions against the Patriots. Uh, it wasn't good. It was the second most by a Jets rookie in franchise history. Mark Sanchez did have five in 2009. Um, his first two sh- shots of the game were two interceptions. He talked about not having a rhythm, and that is basically what happened yesterday. But I think there were a lot of Jets fans that had their hands and in, in their head in saying more of the same, man, more of the same. Well, more of the same is not the quarterback as much as it is everything. It's more of the same because every single year feels like they're rebuilding. Like they're just it's it's just whether it's with a quarterback, a head coach, a defense. It's like every single year I feel like the Jets are trying to rebuild something. Um, you know, I go all the way back to last offseason. I felt like when they were sitting there with that number two pick overall, that they needed to move that pick to establish some players that could help them build this program along with all the other picks. They wanted to move on from Sam Darnold based on a number of factors, his his ability to play, but his ability to play is ability to have people around him so he can be successful. The money that they were going to have to make a decision on two years from now, they didn't want to get caught into that. And you draft Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson may turn out to be a great quarterback. I mean, we watched Peyton Manning his rookie year throw the ball to the other team a bunch. Drew Brees too. He yeah. turned out he was fine. Yeah. Drew Brees did it in San Diego until yeah. he found – Sean Payton. Right. He didn't stay in San Diego. Right. The difference is this guy's the second pick overall or, or the, the the third pick overall. That's a problem. That's a problem for the Jets. He, and here's the thing. Like, Key mentioned that it feels like they're always rebuilding. Like, if you looked at yesterday and the players that were active, only one of nine picks from the 2020 draft were active yesterday, mm. and that was cornerback Bryce Hall. Like, and if you're going to constantly re- rebuild and go to the draft to get players, like, you got to have them at least active and being part of your football team. Only one from the 2020 draft. Like, this is a problem, and maybe it's not all on Zach Wilson, but he's a product of what's happening there with the Jets. Every cool. single year. Well, I mean, you're going against a Bill Belichick defense. And granted, that doesn't make excuses for how poorly some right. passes were right. thrown. Right. But at the same time, look, this roster just isn't ready to compete. You know, it's the same situation I was with Sam Darnold. And it, what happens is when you go to a big market like New York, nobody cares about context, Shay. Yeah. Nobody cares that we're still re- – like the Jets have been rebuilding, right? There's like a hopeless hope that Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback, even though Key – and I know this – and you know this, one guy can't do everything for a franchise, but that's how simplistic we all think as fans sometimes, that he's going to be – it's like Justin Fields, right? Hey, he's he can be a game changer, but you still have issues with your O-line. There's still major things you have to address, and that's the same with this Jets team. Like He's going to try to do things that he can't do because you feel the need to do that when you're a rookie. So Zach Wilson is the fourth quarterback over the last decade to throw four more interceptions in one of his first two starts. The other quarterbacks to do this, Nathan Peterman, Brandon Whedon, and Ryan Lindley. I don't know that that's the best best company to be in. Say those names again. The Peterman. Nathan (laughs) Peterman. The Peterman. Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. That's the, the 
Benjamin Button from and Ryan Lindley, and then Ryan Lindley. That's a fourth quarterback over the past decade to throw four more interceptions in one of she his first hear, two she starts. She didn't say Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, uh, uh, Tom Brady, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, yeah. yeah. Russell Wilson. It's not great company. Um, so four interceptions, not a great day. Dan Orlowski, ESPN football analyst, was on here with us, KJM, earlier this morning, and he had this to say on Zach Wilson's performance from yesterday. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, a lot of those intercept three out of the four interceptions are on him. And then they're in the moment where I-, I can make this throw. Well, you have to learn that whether you can or can't or whether you should or shouldn't, you know, and he's got to go through a little bit of this learning process. By the way, that play by McCordy was sick to tip it to his teammate, but he's got to go through that learning process of, oh, I can make this throw. Well, can you in the NFL? Yeah, it's it's a. You know, we, we heard so much about this arm talent mm-hmm. when he was being looked at BYU, when they were scouting him, and yep. he was throwing to standing targets and in, <laughs> in training in, in his pro day, T-shirt All-American type stuff. It's a little bit different in the preseason, training camp, to the regular season. Again, I will say this for the umpteenth time. Those guys that are on that other side are, have bad intentions, and they get paid to do a job. It's not going to be easy for you to decide, oh, I'm going to throw the ball over here. You're not playing against Air Force. This is not Colorado State. You know, and, and so this is the best of the best, coaches supposedly and players. This is the only thing, I, you know, Zach Wilson is going to go through a learning curve. And for any young player, when you feel that there's a need for you to do everything for your franchise, and I hear exactly what Dan Orlovsky is saying, less is more. Just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Mm-hmm. But when you're a rookie, Shay, when you come into a big city where there's big expectations right. and you, you want to fulfill those expectations, you, you naturally try to do more than what you're capable of. You naturally try to do it. It just didn't yeah. work out. You're, you're doing too much. We're going to stay with that in a second. You mentioned him playing at BYU. He only threw three interceptions during his entire 2020 season at BYU. He threw three in the first half yesterday for the Jets. Not good if you are Zach Wilson. So here's his head coach, Robert Sala. Uh, he says, it's all right sometimes to pump the brakes a little bit. When, when you have a rookie quarterback and, you know, and they have a rookie quarterback too. I mean, shoot, it's, it's just having confidence that it's okay to play a boring game of football. You know that that's that's really it, and he is he is an electric dude. He's competitive as crap. He's and uh, he wants to win so bad, but you know that sometimes it's okay to be boring, and uh, and that's probably the biggest lesson that we can take out of this one. So okay, that's kind of what Jay was just saying. Like you don't have to do it all. What does it mean to play boring football? I I don't know what he means. They threw the ball all over the play. They threw the ball thirty three times. Well, I think that's what he's saying. Like he wishes that it was a little more simple. Like that Zach Wilson wasn't trying to do so much, and it would simplify have it by calling the plays yeah. like the New England Patriots are doing with Mac Jones. They're calling they they're calling plays to put him in harm's way. They're not protecting him. And to be boring, you need to protect Zach Wilson. They're not doing that. They are deciding to throw the football. Calling throwing plays instead of running the ball, that's boring football. Lining up two tight ends, run the ball, giant football, right? Run, 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 pass. Pass, run, 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 pass. That's boring football. What the Jets did yesterday was not boring football. Yeah, I mean, it is in the control of the head coach or whoever's calling the plays. It's in control of the offensive coordinator to protect the young quarterback. The problem that I have with this is you're building a team. By the time he's ready to go, he'll be beat up. 
He'll be beat up. And you just did the same thing with Sam Darnold. I think that's I think that's the thing that has a lot of Jets fans really frustrated. Okay, instead of trading the pick and getting more capital for the pick to surround Sam Darnold with more talent, you decide to start over. Right. And you it's almost a definition of insanity, right? You're doing the same thing over and over again. And we've come full circle. Like it's more of the same now for Jets fans. Okay, so what does this mean for the other side? Bill Belichick now twenty two and six against rookie quarterbacks overall since the twenty fourteen season, and he's ten and one against them with the lone loss being against Tua last season in week fifteen. Stats incredible brought to you by my computer career training for a better life. Let's bring in Sam Acho into this conversation, our ESPN football analyst. Sam, good morning to you. So we're sitting here talking about Zach Wilson and his performance yesterday, throwing four interceptions. What did you see in terms of what the Jets put on the football field yesterday? Yeah, well, it goes back to that thing of he was trying to get the ball down the field and he was forcing things. Now, the first thing I did saw, and Orlovsky talked about it a little bit, that Devin McCourty tip, like that, you got to shout out to the defense just briefly if you don't mind. This dude knew he couldn't pick off the ball, and so he tipped it to his teammates. So shout out to him. And so like right here, like what, tipped up? Boom. Like, that's veteran play. I trained with Devin McCourty back in the offseason years ago. Like, this dude is one of the most brilliant football players that you'll ever meet, number one. But number two, uh, just to the point, like, the Patriots had a rookie quarterback as well, and you saw what they were trying to do, run the ball and play defense. And so, whereas if you look at the Jets, they weren't trying to do that. They were trying to get the ball down the field. And so with Zach Wilson, yes, there's going to be a learning curve. We understand that. Yes, he has phenomenal arm talent. I'm putting in quotes. We understand that. But football is more than just about arm talent. It's about building a team. It's about doing what's best for your team. It's about even if you have to run the ball and play, quote, unquote, boring football, you do that as a play caller, not just have your quarterback do that. He's trying to go win the game for his team. And some of these throws are obviously ill-advised. Sam, here's a quarterback that doesn't have arm talent, some would say. Lamar Jackson. How impressed were you with him in the Ravens last night taking that W to the Chiefs? Man, I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. I was See, shocked. you because, one of those, huh? <laughs> well, no, I'm, but I'm not, though, because if I, 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 I'm I like one of the biggest Ravens fans. If, I don't know why. I just love the Ravens so much. Even Ray Lewis. Like, I remember when I played the Ravens, saw Ray Lewis come out like he did yesterday. Like, that thing gives me chills. And so, like, I was high on the Ravens. And then I said, man, but Kansas City and Baltimore, that matchup, it just hasn't worked well for Baltimore and then they were down early once again Baltimore Tyron Matthew is back playing and he did what he was supposed to do and then all of a sudden Lamar Jackson did what Lamar Jackson does which is take over not only with his legs but also with his arm and so I honestly was shocked I thought that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to win that game I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win that game but I couldn't be and the reason why is that uh, Baltimore was down so many people, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, like, and then the receivers, Rashad Bateman. They didn't have a lot of their weapons. So to go and win a game like this, it, it, it just reminds me that uh, culture wins. It reminds me that this idea of like teams like Baltimore, like you talk about it, Key, like some teams are just better than other teams. Teams like Baltimore, they consistently find a way to win. And so I was shocked, but I'm, I'm happy and glad that they did find a way to pull it off. Sam, last year we saw the Raiders start off the season 6-2. and two. You tell me because you are the expert. Do I need to buy Raider stock? Is it time for me to have a, a huge lump of sum of money and just buy it? Yeah, well, I, I would buy Raider stock for sure. But here's the thing. I, I'm shocked that I'm saying this because I, I like the Raiders for the last three years had the worst record in the NFL. Worst record. And, yeah, we get it. Last year they started off 2-0 and and everybody was so excited. They finished 8-8. and 
But this year is different. Why? Their defense is different. Last year, they had a great offense. And yes, this year, through two games, they have the number one scoring offense. We get that. Derek Carr leads the NFL in passing yards. We get that. But what's different is that dude right there, number 34, K.J. Wright. Then you got Jonathan Abram, Casey Hayward. And by the way, Gus Bradley, their defensive coordinator, has built a different culture. The reason why they were losing so many games last year was not because of uh, their offense. It was because of their defense. And now you bring in a new D.C. who knows how to win. And Gus Bradley, he was in Seattle. He knew how to win in Seattle. You bring in some guys who understand the system. You already got Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Abram. You bring in Casey Hayward, who also, by the way, back in the past, he led the NFL in interceptions. And then you bring in a stalwart like K.J. Wright, 10 years in the NFL. Like he, everybody in Seattle wanted him back. Everybody. So you bring in a guy who understands that defense. All of a sudden, your offense is clicking and your defense is clicking. I'm buying. Now, obviously, we understand that the division that they're in. But I think there's an argument that could be made that, that that division is going to be one of the best divisions of football. Talking to Sam Acho right now, ESPN football analyst here, also a former NFL linebacker. One of the places he was a linebacker was in Chicago, where he still currently lives. That is where I know Sam from um, when he was with the Bears. And so now we have a situation in that Bears quarterback room, Sam. How do you think Matt Nagy proceeds? Well, I mean, it depends how healthy Andy Dalton is, obviously. If Andy Dalton's not fully healthy, then Justin Fields is going to proceed at, at the quarterback position. But if you saw some of the game last night or yesterday during the day, you saw Andy Dalton was efficiently moving the ball down the field. And so there were no issues with the way he was playing the game. Then he went back in after that injury, and you could tell he couldn't really move in the pocket. And so that's why you go with Justin Fields. And Justin Fields looked like a rookie quarterback. Like, let's just be honest, he looked just okay. And so I think that I think what's going to happen is that Justin Fields is going to get the start. Uh, depending on how he plays, uh, Andy Dalton may get back in there when healthy. Um, it's just, once again, like we get all excited about these rookie quarterbacks and how great they looked in the preseason, how great they looked in college. But for most rookie quarterbacks, there is a learning curve. And so um, great for Bears fans, it's good that their defense stepped up. Roquan Smith had eight tackles, an interception for a touchdown and a sack. Uh, their defense played a lot better than they did in week one. Uh, but if the defense is struggling and Justin Fields is struggling, it's going to be some problems in Chicago. Yeah, I'm all for playing rookies if they give us the best chance to win the Rams look like that they've given themselves a shot with uh, Matthew Stafford to go on and try and win the NFC uh, are, are they for real in the NFC though or, or, or are we looking at a Rams team that we just kind of Aaron Donald we kind of like Jalen Ramsey and, and we root for them but are they are they for real though can they go on the road in the playoffs and beat the Bucks? hey with the quarterback like Matthew Stafford they can with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, they can. That was, in a lot of ways, the missing piece. And so I played, I played for nine years, but four years with Chicago. So I played Matthew Stafford every year for two years. And so he talked about how we wanted to go somewhere where we got a chance to play on Sunday nights and Monday nights and in primetime games. Well, I played him when no one was watching, and he was lighting everyone up, not just our team. Offensively, he's, a, he's, like, he's one of those rare quarterbacks that knows how to do There was a throw he had yesterday where he, he was looking one way and he threw the ball the other way. He knows how to move the defense with his eyes, and that's what this L.A. Rams team was missing. And so defensively, yes, Aaron Donald's going to be Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey, we saw with the pick at the very end of the game, he's going to be Jalen Ramsey. But the missing piece was, was an eraser. An eraser. And, and, and Matthew Stafford, in a lot of ways, an eraser. What do I, is an eraser. What do I mean by that? If Sean McVay calls a play and that play may not work in the middle of the play, Matthew Stafford will find a way to make it right. We saw it in week one against Chicago where he was, he was lighting up the Chicago defense. And we saw it yesterday as well. And so I think the Rams will be able to compete uh, on the road, in the playoffs, and against teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because with a team like Tampa Bay, key to your point, 
you have to be able to stop them defensively. And with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, uh, with Raheem Morris as your coordinator, with Aaron Donald, you can get after the quarterback and you can play coverage. And then you have the X factor, the great eraser in Matthew Stafford, who's taken their team from like just okay to possible contender. Sam, talk me through something, because if you're competing against me in basketball and I am giving you the business, I'm going to let you know that I'm giving you the business. I'm going to make sure that you understand mentally where I feel like you are in this game. And yesterday I'm sitting there watching the Chargers game, the Cowboys game, the Seahawks, the Titans. I'm seeing flag after flag. Oh, like it, it was the most annoying thing I've ever seen. NFL oh. taunting rule. I'm like, where do you stand on this whole thing? How do we fix it? Yeah, that rule is, is bad. It's just a bad rule, and I, and I get it. Because I'm on the NFL Players Association, so I, 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 I'm in some of these meetings. I get it. Early on in the season and in the preseason, you have these points of emphasis. And the NFL wanted a point of emphasis to be on taunting, no taunting. They don't want players looking down on their opponent and waving their hand or even like the, the fingers we saw last year from Antoine Winfield when he made a, a, a game-saving tackle. Like, they don't want that. Even the Tyreek Hill does it as well. They don't want that. Uh, he made that tackle on Tyreek Hill. And so I get it. But as a defender, as a, and, and even as a player who plays with passion, sometimes you're not, it's not uh, meant in harm, if that makes any sense, right? Yeah. Like, like and, and, and Key, you said it earlier, right? Defensive players, they come with bad intentions. And so when you have all this passion mm-hmm. and energy, you don't, like, it's just, an, it's just a continuation of that passion. You make, you make a nice tackle or a sack or whatever, it's not meant in harm. So for all the, like, it was so frustrating for me watching these games and seeing all these taunting calls. Now, I do think and know and believe that the taunting calls will dwindle down as the season continues, as the season progresses, because that's what happens. You make it a point of emphasis in the preseason. People understand they don't do it as much. You make a point of emphasis early in the season. But what happens is um, teams need to understand from here moving forward, and, and Key, you know this because we'll have the, the Saturday day meetings and you'll, have the, you'll say, hey, this is our referee crew, and hey, they call taunting a lot. Teams didn't understand that these taunting penalties will hurt your team unless the NFL starts to make some changes. Good stuff, Sam Acho. Thank you so much. That's Sam Acho on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear, more driven. See you later, Sam. Bye-bye. Okay, so uh, can we stay with that taunting thing because – It's ridiculous. It's – come on. It's lame. Like, it's lame. Reed Reed yesterday for the Seahawks literally got up and said, just, like, flexed a little bit his arms. Taunting flag. Yeah. It's and you're like, so, I'm like, what, what, what's going on? It's, it's like, I, I get what he's saying. Like, I get what they're trying to impose, but it's lame. Like, this is a sport that we're pa- like, this is what we, this is what you do. I don't, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't grasp. I can't grasp it. I just, uh, you know, what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> I want you to be as I mad think, as I, I am, Keith. That's I'm, what I want. <laughs> Join I mean, the rage. I, I'm not mad. I think it's just stupid. It's a waste of energy for the refs to uh, even be right. Yeah, it's just a way. I'm like. So why don't you find the owners when they get the high-fiving and jumping up and down in the press box when their team score? Why don't y'all just look up there and be like, penalty, he's jumping up and down. I mean, like, it's like we're playing a game Especially here. when Silly. it's like, a, hot, like, it's like a, a big moment in the game. As long as the individual that you're standing over is not hurt or something it, along those lines. Totally. Then I don't see the problem. Exactly. Like, it, it, this is part of, and this is where I get frustrated, I guess. Like, I'm going to bring it to baseball. Like, we get some purists of baseball don't like the bat flip or when you're yelling. Oh, God. Why? It's good for the game. It Those brings people. excitement to the game. That's what I'm saying, though. It brings excitement to the game. Like, 
that's what we love about the NFL. Like the no, 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 or whatever it is, or the peace, like the Tyreek Hill thing. Like then you embody that if there's a someone, you know, a kid playing and they want, you know, who cares? I was even talking to, to Javier Baez um, on the on the field the other day for oh, the Mets. humble brag. No, it's not humble brag. I, I like it. But we were talking about the thumbs down thing, and I I get it that it you know created a stir in New York and people didn't believe that he should be doing that, but. Like, that's what sports is about. Right. It's about that type of interaction between the fans and the players, especially between the players. If I'm lost in between the lines, like, as long as I'm not doing anything to maliciously hurt you, allow me to actually just get involved. Yeah, see, I, when this. I played, I was um, – I did silent trash talk. Silent? You know? Yeah, just walk past you and say something A little, little something on your breath. Yeah, yet. real slick. No, line, it, it line, would just – it would just be <laughs> – it would be slick. <laughs> he didn't even believe it when he said it. Key said a lot of slick stuff, though. You yeah, know a lot of did, slick. Oh, yeah, I was real slick with mine. You still do some of that, have like talking grab. under your breath yeah. stuff. Going, he still's got that in his DNA a little yeah. bit. Have real a good grab, way. you know, a good grab over somebody, pat him on the butt. Hey, hey, good defense. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. The only other good thing defense. I'll say about this taunting penalty is, like, no one asked for this. No one asked for them to, like – in. in affect these rules so much like yeah, no I, I don't understand when you when a defender bats the ball down and he waves his arms or whatever okay cool he did you one yeah. on you but i'm getting ready to do you in next time and then i'm gonna go do you in and i'm gonna let you know yeah. there was some browns player that i, I forget who it was because i'm drawing a blank on his name but scored a touchdown and literally put the ball down and walked away like a robot yesterday and i started laughing it's like oh that's what you want nfl players to be like you want a them robot. to be robots right put the ball down just go walk back to the line like okay like, that's not how we're built. Why did you change your voice? I don't know why. It went to my <laughs> robot voice. Yeah, right. Exactly. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save in as little as three minutes at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE-AND-PROGRESSIVE.COM. All right, we got a call that we're going to get to in just a little bit. Um, coming up next, though, Lamar Jackson was not the only one who got that monkey off his back this weekend. That was his words. We'll get to that next. After Kia, is this from Granger? For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. So, Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just, you know what, stop by. We're around. Lamar Jackson looking for his first win against Patrick Mahomes. The decision to go for it on fourth and one. Well, I mean, you're clearly worried about giving Patrick Mahomes the football back. It was extremely gutsy. More Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, good morning to you. Happy Monday morning. I'm Shay Cornette filling in for Max Kellerman this morning. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Lamar Jackson and the Raiders did it. They took care of business on Sunday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. A one-point victory, 36-35, to but nonetheless impressive. Uh, Lamar Jackson was uh, three games, couldn't get a win against the Kansas City Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes finally got it done last night in four tries. And Lamar Jackson, he had his ninth career game with 100 or more rushing yards, and he did a lot for the Baltimore Ravens. You could argue did all of it for the Baltimore Ravens last night. Well, he did. I mean, when you look at what he accounted for, 
you know, you mentioned his 100 yards on the ground, but 239 in the air, another touchdown. It's about his ability to take control of the game when needed. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when his team looks like they're down and out, early interceptions, didn't he didn't allow that to get to him. Mm-hmm. He knew in the end that they were going to need him at some point in time in this game. And he stepped up to the plate. I know a lot of us talked about the, the offseason, about them acquiring a guy via draft in, in, in Bateman, for Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, Simon Sammy Watkins, trying to have this passing game evolve to a whole nother level. Well, when I look at Lamar's talent, it's where it's going to be. It isn't going to all of a sudden change. This is who he is. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who, at times, may make a mistake or two, and hopefully it doesn't hurt you. But yet and still, his ability sometimes outshines the mistakes that he made. And so when you look at late in the game, when a head coach makes a determination on fourth and one to go for it, he does that because he has a Lamar Jackson. I don't know if he does that if Joe Flacco's still a quarterback. You, you got to tip your hat off to a young man like this that seems like everybody all, is always knocking his ability to throw the football and not praising his ability enough to be a football player. He is not a quarterback. He is a football player. He has a separate box, which is special. There's not a whole lot of people that's going to fall into that special box. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe Patrick Mahomes, because they have such gifted arm talent. You slide him into that box, too. So, speaking of that, since 2019, four players have more games with 100 rushing yards and a rushing score than Jackson. Those players are not quarterbacks. Uh, Derrick Henry, Cook, Chubb, Aaron Jones. That's who has more. Like, he's a different kind of quarterback. But nonetheless, the Ravens are working with what he's got, and they're figuring out ways to win. And and so what if it's different? It works. But it's not really a figure-out ways to win. See, a figure-out way to win is like, we don't have any players on the team at all, Jay. And we got to roll Keyshawn and Jay out there, and they're going to throw no, each other. No, but last night they had so many injuries. Like, they had to find ways to win, but they relied on Lamar Jackson to do so. But they've relied on him to do so since he's been the quarterback. Fair. Right? And so that's why I'm like, ways to win. It's like, that's the way they win. Our eyes yep. see something different. Yeah. Because we see all these other quarterbacks doing it with their arm, but he's doing it with both arm and leg. There's multiple ways you can be successful, and Lamar Jackson has proven that his way can be successful. Mm -hmm. It may not be the traditional way that people may want it to look like or feel like he, but that doesn't mean it can't have the same end result. You guys have both seen the movie Any Given Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. It's a game of inches. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think sometimes people recognize how difficult it is to bounce back when you start off poorly. I mean, we talk about the landslide that happened with the Green Bay Packers, right, and Aaron Rodgers. Look how quickly that got out of hand with the Saints. Like, things can get out of hand easily. And Dan Orlovsky said it. I've been saying, I give him a lot of credit for after throwing two interceptions to be able to find a way to mentally get yourself back in the game and beat a team that you haven't been able to beat. That's, I think that speaks volumes about him. It, it's just so funny when I look at, like, the, the, um, the box scores and stuff, Shay, mm-hmm. and I sit there and I look at a guy who's 18 to 26 for 240 and a touchdown, a couple interceptions. If I took that same – stat line and applied it to a throwing quarterback people are like oh yeah he did a good job they won oh my god yeah but when you you put it on the Lamar stat line we got to now have a conversation about why they won and oh this that and that. but if I took those same statistics and handed those to another quarterback that's a passing pocket guy 
people will be like, oh, yeah, he just got to drop those interceptions. But, he had a hell of a game. But, Keith, there is validity to the fact that the numbers are off the charts. And I hear your argument is, but, you know, how much does he put himself in harm's way, right? The volume that he puts himself in harm's way considered to other quarterbacks who are more traditional pocket passers, mm -hmm. even though some are more dual threat. But some, Josh some, Allen, too, but he's but a lot some, bigger, right? Not as skinny as Lamar Jackson. But some people, Jay, in football and maybe even in basketball to a degree, it doesn't matter because that that's his style. He's been doing that since he was little league. Mm. And it won't he, he he's not going to get hurt. He's not worried about that. When you start worrying about those sort of things, you start to talk about putting yourself in harm's way, putting yourself in harm's way. You point to a lot of quarterbacks that had running styles all the way back to Steve Young. Steve Young wasn't injured because he was running around. He was injured because somebody in San Francisco against the Arizona Cardinals missed, missed a blitz pickup, and he got a concussion in the, in the pocket mm. opposed to running. Cam Newton didn't get hurt all those years from running. He got hurt in the pocket. The only guy that I could think of that got hurt running is RG3. Yeah. Other than that, I don't – but everybody always says, it like oh, he puts himself runs. in a, Yeah, that's It's true. like, no, that dude been doing this for a long time. Yeah, that's he true. knows how to protect himself. So Lamar Jackson, after the game, uh, clearly was asked about finally getting over the hump, right, and beating the Chiefs in prime time and all of the things. And so here's the Ravens quarterback after that W. Yeah, it feel good, you know. Um, it feel good to get that monk out far back. Uh, it just feel good, you know. Um, got to move on to Detroit now. You know, we ain't win the Super Bowl yet. We, it's just one game. We just got to keep staying focused. Lamar, what was the conversation with Coach like before that last fourth down call? Oh, you want to go for it? I'm like, hell yeah. Again, I said it again. Um, like Seattle two years ago. Yep, and it ended up working out, right? So the Ravens get the W, and they beat the Chiefs 36-35. to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is brought to you by Mako. Scratches, dents, and dings on your car. When life throws you uh-ohs, just say better get Mako. Head to Mako.com today. So what went so wrong for Zach Wilson yesterday for the Jets? A lot of things. But a former Jets coach is going to weigh in next. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio. He was off a little bit. First one over the middle to Corey, a little bit high. Third one, I believe, was to Elijah Moore. He didn't put the zip on the ball that he needed to. You know, when your first two passes are interceptions, it's tough to find that rhythm. You know, you're not on the field much. More Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max next. All right. A thriller in Sunday night. Not so much a thriller if you're a Jets fan. Rex Ryan is going to join us in just two minutes. We'll get to him in a moment. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I'm Shay Cornette filling in for Max Kellerman this morning. Jay Williams, Keyshawn Johnson here with you. Remember, you can give us a call on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. It's 888-729-3776. ESPN NFL analyst Rex Ryan is giving us here, the Rex. straight talk. Get in here, Brought sexy to you Rex. by there Straight you Talk go, Wireless. Baby. No contract, no compromise. Up, good morning to you, Rex. Thanks Feel so much good, for man. being with us this morning, Coach. So let's start yesterday with the Jets' performance, okay? So Zach Wilson, I know, didn't play so well, right? Four interceptions. And so you come away from that game thinking what about not only only the Jets, but Zach Wilson overall. Uh, well, unfortunately, I've seen this before. And, you know, he didn't set a record. He, Jay, he did not set a record for most interceptions by a rookie. No. 
<clears throat> that would have been Mark Sanchez who threw five of them bad boys, and I lived through that. <laughs> so to me, it's like, look, man, we we just we can't panic right now. I already know how Kay feels about it. He wants to panic. I don't want to panic yet. I think as a coach, so the first thing you better do as a coach is look in the mirror yourself. Don't point fingers at your young quarterback. This is the most talented quarterback the Jets have had since Joe Namath, in my opinion. Now, is he a polished guy? Hell no. But if, if you expected a rookie quarterback to come in here and dominate things, that you, th- there's no way. It doesn't happen. All right? It's hard to win with a rookie quarterback. I, un- I understand. I went to a championship game of one, but that's a different story. But to me, I look at it this way. What did I do? And I got killed for this. Remember when I came up with the old, uh, that the little red light, yellow light, green light? Mm-hmm. I got killed for that thing. What the hell are you talking about, that traffic sign? Because I wanted to explain to my quarterback that, look, dude, we are in red. You understand? We can play defense. We have a chance in every game. We're going to win the game on defense and on special teams. Two phases of the game, I know we're better than our opponent. And so we can't mess it up. So if it's red, if you know you can throw a completion, throw it in there. If not, then run with it. All right, this is what I said. Yellow came. All right, hey, look, if you if you are pretty sure you can put it in there or whatever, just don't throw it to the other team. That was kind of yellow. Green, we got to let it rip. We never got to green. But anyway, <laughs> it was like, hey, Mark said, we never got to green. All right, but, but to me, just we got to be a little patient, but we got to do something that shows that, hey, look, understand it. Just because you have the ability to make every throw, sometimes it's not appropriate to make those throws. And look, we get it. Did this surprise anybody that New England, you know, no, dominated no. this game? No, like, not at all. Rex, what, what surprised me, and you say from a panic standpoint, is I'm all for protection of the young quarterback. Oh, Let's protect I, our young quarterback like the New England Patriots protect theirs. Let's be yep. – you say you want boring sometimes, Robert Sala, then be boring. He shouldn't drive back and be throwing 33 times no matter what the case may be. Oh, you, God. It's all about the head coach saying, I'm a defensive-minded guy. I got to shore up my strength, which is my defense. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to run the ball because they got some nice chunks here and there. And then methodically allow this young quarterback to dink and dunk, screen game here, screen game there, some underneath shallow crosses, quick outs, things of that nature, so he can understand the pro game opposed to green light, green light, green light, Amen. green light. You're not going to win like that. I 100% agree with every single thing you said about it because the first thing when you have a young quarterback, and especially when you know it, he's going to hesitate, it doesn't come out like it does with a veteran quarterback, like one, two, bam. Right or it's boom, boom, boom. It doesn't happen that way. Okay, with a rookie quarterback, protection's the key. You talked about protecting the quarterback. It starts with protection and what you're asking them to do. How do you start a game by letting it rip against the New England Patriots? You know, look at their quarterback. What do he throw the ball four yards down the field the whole time? <laughs> yes. And by the way, you know what I mean? He like, did exactly he, what he should have been doing. But here's the difference. Right. This is one of the greatest coaches in the history of our game. All right, so that's on the other sideline. He is not going to expose this Mac Jones to anything like that. Hmm. All right? Does, here's the, the great thing. Everybody's quick to say, they got the next Tom Brady. No, they don't. <laughs> Thank God they don't, being a Jet fan. All right? They don't. He's not Tom Brady. Now, he's smart. I, I mean, he's smart. He's, he's going to make the right decisions and things like that. But he didn't have the skill set of a Tom Brady. 
But and you know what? You know who knows that? Bill Belichick. Mm. And so he's going to go out. And he looks. Does this kid not look like a veteran quarterback though? Well, he looks. You know what he you looks know? like to me. I'm going to take it. He reminds me of young Tom Brady. First two Super Bowls. That's exactly what they did. Let him throw for a little bit less than 200 yards, a touchdown. Don't turn the ball over. We're going to play defense. We're going to run the ball with Corey Dillon, with Antoine Smith, with Kevin Falk. Right. And that's how we're going to play. Remember when the, the, the Steelers had Ben Roethlisberger? Yes, early. Would never throw it more than 20, 22 times a game. Their nope. record was, like, unbelievable. As soon as he threw it more than that, whoop, that's a loss. <laughs> right. so, so, so how do you how do you manage expectations for the Jets team, right? Because what happens as a fan, you start saying, well, this is the definition of insanity. Like, we're doing the same thing over. Like, we, we went through this process with Sam Darnold. You know, right. ended up getting hurt. We moved on. I'm watching him destroy teams for the Panthers, right? right. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by weapons. And now I'm watching the same thing happen again to Zach Wilson. Yeah, but – I, and I agree, but they got to be. We got to understand that if it's about his development, then let him develop on a different pace. Don't just go out and assume that just because he can make those throws, he blows you away. That's because they're not hitting him in the practice field. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They're not changing up right. coverages. They know you're going to be in cover three. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to play against your own defense. You don't have you're you're not multiple on, on your defense. So to me, he doesn't have like like why is this quarterback for New England look better? Because he goes against a Bill Belichick defense every day. This guy's going against a cover three defense every day. So you've got to make sure that we understand that and like you said, protect him. Yeah, protect him from himself right now because, look, mm. and, but here's the great thing. When your head coach comes in and says, hey, all gas, no brakes, and all that kind of jazz, <laughs> dude, I'm like, that, I, 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 number one, I thought that was brilliant. Damn it, I need to come in there, and I need to, hey, I'm going to come in with all gas, no brakes. That's a great slogan to get you a head coaching job, but we're seeing what it looks like if your quarterback's playing with all gas, no brakes. Stop it already. Let me ask you this, though, Rex. I think you were a decent defensive coordinator. I was, I was I think, okay. I think you were okay. How would you defend Lamar Jackson, though? Like, what, what can you? Yeah. What can the league do to stop what he's continuing to do around the league since he's been in the league? Yeah. Well, you know, growing up around the game and being in college football, back when I was coaching in college, every team ran the option. Remember, like, so I oh, coached yeah. at Oklahoma. We had, you know, Nebraska would run the option. We had Missouri led the country in rushing. You know, all this kind of stuff, running I option, veer option, triple option, whatever the heck it was. People don't, don't they're not ready to defend that anymore. Okay, so you don't have the coaches that, that are ready to defend that type of stuff. Man, I used to run the hell out of, and, you know, uh, actually ran run blitzes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That would, you know, if I want to decapitate your quarterback, I would. All right, there's there's ways of, of doing this, but nobody does it anymore. And, and to me, I don't think these coaches now are trained the way they used to be back when I was coaching in college and things like that. So it's a different game. Look, I'll say this. I, I face a lot of option quarterbacks. Well, ain't nobody like this. <laughs> like, this guy is an absolute freak, and he is so good. And he's, here's the thing. Everybody says he'll never last. He won't have the durability. That's what he was just saying. What? We're he just won't have the durability. Have we, has he not answered that question? That's what I said. You know? Like, he's been doing this his entire life since Little League. Yeah. He's been doing the same thing. Yeah. This is different than when you have a quarterback that all of a sudden decides he's going to run around. Those are the ones 
that get deemed up and knocked. Right. He knows how to he knows protect how to handle himself. It. Absolutely. Rex, I got a two-pronged question for you. Number one, is Derek Carr elite? I know the numbers he's putting up elite, but does he belong in the same conversation with a Despite accolades, okay? Right. Like, take all those things away. Super Bowl rings, just, just talent-wise. Does he belong in an upper-tier conversation? And then, are you a believer that the Raiders can sustain this type of play? Oh, great, great questions. I mean, look, I, I think this guy, his numbers tell you he's, uh, he is absolutely elite. And not just because he's won two games to start this season. He was kind of elite that stage when – the Raiders made him $25 million, some crazy number. Yeah, gave they the gave money. him 25 mm-hmm. a year. We all thought that was crazy. But he could have been in the MVP conversation back then. So, yes, this guy is a heck of a, a, heck of a quarterback. And Gruden, like, let's stop already. All right? You need to show this man some love instead of the other. But to me, yes, he is. And can they sustain it? The only reason I think they can uh, sustain the success is that they're actually playing decent on defense. That we haven't seen that since Gruden got there. Their defenses were absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Their offense, here's the here's the crazy thing. All right. And uh the Raiders, how good have the Raiders been on offense? Well, they score forty-eight percent of the time over the last two seasons. Only the Kansas City Chiefs have a higher percentage of scoring yeah. on drive. So to me, that's pretty darn elite. It is. And if you can play any kind of defense, all right, which they've shown that they're actually being okay and yep. getting some some yeah. heat on the quarterback. So, yes, I think they'll, they can sustain it. All right. Thank you, Rex, so much. We'll have more coming up on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Is it relax or panic in Green Bay? We'll answer it next here on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.